All over the world, we're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. And this pandemic has ushered a series of behavioral changes, and most of them are likely to outlive the pandemic. In a world progressively getting more dystopian, we can only choose to speak on the things that matter. Jeffrey Star. Oh, man. Where do I even start? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and clear out all the negative comments already. I'm just gonna do it for you. Oh my god, yeah, you're just so jealous and envious of Jeffree Star. Just because you can't be him doesn't mean you have to hate. Okay, so now that's out of the way. Jeffree Star is a very interesting character and he has a very, very extensive track record when it comes to his problematic past. And you know me, I'm really bad with details, so I'm gonna go ahead and throw this over to my floating AI camera by the name of the Ethel P5. 5,000, so flip 5,000, go ahead and take it away. Greetings, Mr. XO. Jeffrey Lynn Steininger Jr., aka Jeffrey Star, a beauty influencer and founder of Jeffrey Star Cosmetics, rose to fame in the late 2000s MySpace trash era, where he would get his start producing music. One notable collaboration was with Blood on the Dance Floor frontman Davy Vanity, a known predator who aimed to groom and violently abuse young women under the age of 16. At one point, Jeffrey Star tweeted to expose Davy of his behaviors, only to retract his statement and befriend him shortly after. We saw Davy bring underage girls to his hotel rooms and do things 100% illegal. Of course, people are going to interpret that as you seeing that with your own eyes. Oh, of course. So ten years, so ten years later, I'm telling people, did I see a crime or anything actual illegal? No. Kind of disturbing to me is that he would bring mom and daughters on the bus, and sometimes it would be threesomes. Jeffrey Star has had a very controversial past in which he would call his dark place. I was in a dark place yesterday. His past includes abusive behavior, posting his past partners on a revenge porn website, racist slurs, and actions. Starting a failed makeup brand called Lipstick Motsi and recently inciting drama between beauty influencers James Charles and Tati. The drama shook the entire social media landscape where Jeffrey accused James Charles of preying on straight men, even though past tweets have shown that Jeffrey has an affinity towards straight men himself. These allegations were shown to be false, but it does go to say that this wasn't the first time Jeffrey has been associated with an alleged predator. Jeffree Star is now the second most subscribed beauty influencer on YouTube and runs a makeup brand now valued at $75 million. So as you can see here that Jeffrey has a very, very long track record of things that are written down on paper or on Twitter in this case of his very drama addicted problematic past. And for some reason, the whole social media YouTube landscape at large decides to turn a blind eye. Well, maybe not so much now because there's enough free time when it comes to being on quarantine. It seems like everybody's getting exposed now. However, Jeffree Star somehow finds a way to slip right by because I have a feeling that if any other influencer or anybody else did at least just one of these things from his past, they would be on the chopping block. In fact, he is, I think, I believe, one of the biggest makeup influencers currently on the platform, right under his arch rival, James Charles. And if you don't know much about this whole Jeffree Star, James Charles, Tati situation, you're probably better off and living a happier life without knowing it. Tati calls James Charles a predator, then Jeffree Star comes in. Yeah, James Charles is a predator. And then the two team up on James Charles and James Charles goes, hold on. Hey sisters, yeah, to look at the receipts. <laughs> 
hey sisters, I'm gonna show you guys my receipts. And then he pulls out a bunch of receipts that prove the rumors to be wrong. Yes, in fact, I made a video about this situation which is now unlisted because I was pulled into this false narrative as well. Yes, the multi-dimensional flip lord can be fooled as well, so I would like to apologize for buying into the false narrative. Basically, the entire YouTube landscape got fooled by this. And a good amount of the reason for this is because of Jeffree Star's involvement. He kind of just slipped in real quick and said, hey, he's a predator. And then the moment the receipts came out, he slipped out just as fast as he slipped in. You know what? I can't be involved in the drama. Bye. And then everybody was just kind of like, okay, I guess it's fine. It's amazing. I love this shit. It's so fascinating how people react to these situations. Fast forward a good amount of time, Jeffree Star, according to this timeline made by this other YouTuber here, Sebastian, it shows his up and down and inconsistencies when it comes to who he wants to support and who he doesn't. And I'm just saying, if we follow this logical path of thinking, is that if somebody is this fickle and indecisive, perhaps... He is not the best individual to trust. If I was gonna choose my next best friend, I don't think I would intentionally choose somebody that has this much inconsistencies when it comes to his track record. <laughs> and one last quick thing to wrap up this whole James Charles fiasco. Jeffree Star has implied that he still has receipts in terms of the victims of James Charles. Let's take a look at this real quick. First of all, let's look at the first option. He can be completely lying about the whole thing. No receipts at all. And maybe he just has like a, an affinity to take down his head competitor when it comes to the YouTube beauty world. And he's just bluffing entirely and there's no receipts at all. Which, I mean, if you look at his behavior from the past, that could be an option. Or let's take the route of he grew up and he is speaking the truth and he actually does have receipts on this situation. If there is actual evidence that James Charles is a predator and he's abusing young men, perhaps that's something to actually give to the authorities or at least expose because if young boys are getting hurt, perhaps you shouldn't keep it to yourself. I mean, if we look at Jeffree Star's past, he's hung out with legitimate predators, for example, Davey Vanity here. And he's also flip-flopped back and forth when it comes to his support of him as well. In one tweet, he says that he's seen Davey Vanity with underage girls, and then he cancels him, and then all of a sudden, he's best friends with him again, and then he switches back and forth, back and forth, because that's what you can do when you're Jeffree Star. You don't have to take accountability. Influencers not taking accountability, what's new? In the last few months, I definitely do think that it's associated with the fact that everybody's under quarantine and they're heavily restless and bored with their lives. A lot of people are getting exposed. People that you would never even expect to be exposed. And a lot of these people ended up being a part of the late 2000s MySpace scene. And here's an era that I coined myself and I'm calling it the MySpace trash era. And to be honest, I absolutely loved MySpace. The customization you could do on that website was unbelievable, really. And that's kind of something I do miss nowadays. We're kind of just stuck with the same simple profiles. But anybody that was associated with this website were basically the first people in terms of reaching internet fame. The first internet rock stars were people that were popular on MySpace, and Jeffree Star was one of them. And the reason why I call it the MySpace trash era is because that's how everyone behaved back then. 
The context of this time period was basically be as trashy as you possibly can. The whole Paris Hilton thing arose out of this time period and she kind of set the template in terms of internet fame. Basically be overtly shallow, superficial, be shocking, be trashy, be ridiculous and incite some sort of rage in people. Jeffree Star was a part of this. I remember even looking at my top eight and going to the popular kids MySpace pages and hearing Jeffree Star music. And Jeffree basically implemented the same template. He was shocking, he was controversial, he was offensive, and it was all under the guise of shock rock. And then fast forward 10 years, we live in a completely different world. I'm sure a lot of people that grew up around this time thought the edginess would just continue for the next 10 years. In fact, the complete opposite happened. I say this a lot, but when the pendulum swings one way, it swings the other way. We live in quite possibly one of the most censored and <laughs> we live in quite possibly one of the most censored and politically correct times of the modern contemporary age. And by all means, this isn't the worst thing. I just think that it's a response to how trashy we collectively were 10 years ago. And I highly doubt people like Jeffree Star and others associated with the MySpace trash era had enough foresight to predict this thing in happening. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like people of that time period, and especially Jeffree Star, they don't strike me as somebody that would necessarily have a lot of foresight in terms of thinking about their future. <laughs> and the repercussions of their actions, especially at the young age of 21 to 29. And that makes me think a lot of people during the MySpace trash era, like Jeffrey, just didn't think that they would get caught one day. The whole cancel culture thing of searching through past records and pulling up receipts has only been a product of the last two or three years, really. This was not a thing when MySpace was around. Social media was so incredibly new that that's the last thing that you would think about in terms of doing. So anybody that grew up around this time just basically thought they can get away with murder. Little did they know, as the culture shifts from one extreme to the other, Mr. Star has to acknowledge his problematic past, and he excuses himself with his signature phrase. I was in a really dark place, and that was the old Jeffrey. I think if all of these drama channels are trying to search through my past to cancel me, I feel like you should do something better with your time, because that was the old Jeffrey. I was in a really dark place, and this is the new Jeffrey. But sometimes the old Jeffrey comes out. In fact, the old Jeffrey comes, really wants to come out all the time, but except I'm the new Jeffrey. So the old Jeffrey is... And then he goes back on Twitter and starts fights again. You know how the pattern goes. When you get called out for something, just say you're in a dark place. And then everybody forgives you because mental health is something we gotta be really sensitive over. So if there are any toxic behaviors that you or your friends are responsible for, just say you're sorry. You were in a dark place. It's all good. This is a fascinating argument, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, so comment below what you think. In my opinion, I do believe that being in a dark place and fucking up here and there is definitely a part of being human. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's done something remotely toxic once in their past, and we all fuck up at one point. However, what is the limit 
in terms of how problematic can you be and how many times can you fuck up. I'm sure everyone's been a part of some sort of relationship, especially a problematic one. And have you reached this point of conversation or one of you guys need to change, maybe you or your partner? And then they say, I swear, I'm gonna change. I don't wanna let you go. I will change, I promise. And then just give it like, you know, three days max. And they continuously do the same bullshit. And then the cycle repeats and they'll be like, I'm sorry, even though three days ago I said I could change. I just, I don't know why I can't change. I'm gonna change again, I promise. It's kind of that thing with Jeffrey. At what point does it become inexcusable? How many times do we have to hear the same apology from practically every influencer before we say, maybe you are incapable of changing or you just don't want to. There's a few more reasons on why I think Jeffree Star gets away with everything that he does, but really quickly, I think a few reasons, for example, his charisma and personality. He's very magnetic in his own way. Number two, his style off the charts. I really like his aesthetic. I'm not going to lie. Number three, his art and his product are good products. From a lot of comments that I've read, his actual makeup products are really good. And I legitimately think he actually puts his own love and passion within his makeup. And that brings up the other question of should we separate the artist from the art? I'll make another video on that one. But the last thing is more of a sociological theory. And I'm going to coin this myself. Dickish friend syndrome. I'm sure you've been in school or at least a workplace or any type of slightly social environment and then you're part of some sort of group, maybe a friend group, maybe your co-workers and there's that one guy or one girl. They're a mean, abrasive person that makes fun of everyone and somehow they just get away with everything. Somehow, they're kind of liked in a weird way. Except you personally don't like being around them, but for some reason, everybody around you is totally okay with this person being the dickish friend. And eventually, if you do confront your friends in terms of this dickish friend's behavior, oftentimes the excuse will come out like this. Yeah, like, Karen's kind of a dick, but you know, that's just how she is. Yeah, you know Barry's kind of a dick, but that's just how he is. That's just how they are. I've seen this multiple times in different situations and oftentimes this excuse is used to excuse your dickish friend's behavior. Because what happens is if you come into the friend group or the group situation and you start off being a dick, it becomes your personality or your brand, right? And then it normalizes and everybody else as the humans they are learn to adapt because that's what humans do. So everything they do now is normal when they're being a dick. <laughs> As opposed to say, for example, you have somebody that's a bit more good, a bit more friendly, or a bit more warm and open. All it takes now for this person to fuck up is very little because their standard of what a good person is, is way higher. So now this person, if they, for example, said something slightly offensive, but didn't even mean to, they are looked at as like, oh my God, I never thought she would do this. She said the X word. Oh my God, you're an exophobic. But your dickish friend's bar is set so low that everybody just accepts their dickishness. If they do something slightly better, they're looked at as angels. 
because it's not even close to how bad they were in the past. So in Jeffree Star's case, he has a super racist, problematic, toxic past. So his bar is super low. And then the moment he decides to grow up and become the new Jeffrey, we see him move up and we say to ourselves, oh, oh my God, I'm so glad he changed. He's not a bad person anymore. There's one key component that we forget nowadays, especially on YouTube, and that's the fact that YouTube is a giant corporation. If anything, it's even bigger than Walmart. And right now, YouTube is undergoing a very interesting situation where the censorship is heavier than ever and so is demonetization. In fact, I don't even know if this video will be monetized because free speech shouldn't earn money. And because YouTube is a corporation, perhaps maybe YouTube's main influencers could be corporations themselves. And I believe someone at the same stature as Jeffree Star, along with James Charles, Tati, and anybody that's, you know, let's just say up on the hierarchy on top of the pyramid in the YouTube world, they are more than just people now. They are brands, AKA corporations especially in Jeffree Star's case because he has a business that he has to run. In fact, I believe he's a billionaire now and he makes millions and millions of dollars when it comes to his makeup palettes. And perhaps the new Jeffree became the new Jeffree due to a new business that he created. Because in order to maintain a functional thriving business, you have to gain approval of your customers and the customers have to like you in order to buy your product. And perhaps naming your business something like Lipstick Motsi won't exactly get people on your side, but rather being a less problematic and less toxic individual. And it's interesting how his character has shifted in line with him starting his own business. And that makes me wonder, if Jeffrey didn't start a multi-million dollar company, would he still behave like the old Jeffrey? Because somebody that owns a business as big as he, it's no longer just Jeffrey. It's Jeffrey and his team of 10 lawyers. It's Jeffrey and the manufacturing managers. It's Jeffrey and his marketing team. It's Jeffrey and his video editors. You get the point, it goes on and on and on. But let's go ahead and focus on his lawyers. Perhaps running a multi-million dollar company would require a ton of lawyers to protect your assets. And perhaps to protect your assets, you have to be advised in terms of what you can say and what you shouldn't say. And I could only hypothesize and assume that Jeffrey had a little meeting and his lawyer said, Jeffrey, you're running a multi-million dollar company. Perhaps you shouldn't share your ex flips on a revenge porn website. Perhaps you shouldn't do any business with an actual convicted, almost convicted predator, Davey. Perhaps you shouldn't say racist things. And turns out becoming a good person is a little bit easier when you know that you have millions of dollars to make and fame to grab. Uh, but what do I know? I'm just a multidimensional flip lord temporarily here on this planet we call Earth trying to make sense of what humans do in their free time. I hope everyone's having a good quarantine. It's your multidimensional flip lord, the prince of the imaginary.
Pierre XO. Yeah.